Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there, too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, your... heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes, I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay, we're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay, yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Ryan Ray and Ben Samuels present Bring in the Closers, a podcast on making deals and doing business. Welcome to another edition of Bring in the Closers, episode 13. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today. We had a guest. We've actually interviewed the guest. We're recording the intro after, um, but we're trying to make sure we get all of the, the, the I's dotted, the T's crossed. Otherwise, we'll be like Nate not getting our job done. So we're trying to make sure we don't let that happen. Um, you know, I'm going to comment. Just going to let that hang out there. Thank you, Ben. It's good to have you alongside, as always, Ben Samuels, ladies and gentlemen, my esteemed partner. We're going to be able to test pilot if Nate can actually splice video and take like a segment from one side and put it there to is the other. It's no be, telling how this will end up. It's going to be real interesting it's to see how this one flows. Um, but hey, man, uh, you know uh, Nate's clearly on his game. We got the guests on at the right times today, right schedule. We're, we're, we're making progress. You and I have now hit 13 episodes. Of, you know, I don't think either one of us thought we were going to get there. I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, you can see I'm uh, in my same digs as, as uh, quote unquote last week. And so, uh, but uh, no, everything's going well. Uh, you know, some great conversations uh, you know uh, were had today, and then I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to next week. Yep. So we'll get on uh, James Elsmore. He is a guy that I've known since the Global Energy Leaders Podcast Days, Solar Head Estate. Um, we'll link to all of his stuff. He's a Forbes 30 under 30, a list that I not only did not make, I was not nominated for, which pains my soul. Um, I guess you had to actually accomplish something in life to get on that list. I haven't accomplished anything. So I'll make you a deal. For 2020, you nominate me, I'll nominate you. Oh, wait, neither one of us are under 30 now. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. The problem is when you go to that 40 under 40 list, it's like all billionaires. And so, you know, you might qualify, but a guy like me, man of the people, I won't qualify. But anyway, so it was good to get on James. Was that? I need a couple. Of, I think I need a couple more commas. Commas and zeros. Just, just move them. More, just, just a couple more commas. Just, just move it to the right and, and tell everybody. So w- without further ado, we'll get to James Elsmore. And up next, we have on James Elsmore, a guy that I've known for, it's been three, four years now, I guess. He was a Forbes 30 under 30 winner uh, back when I first heard his name. He has probably the greatest job in the world, uh, which is he works for uh, a nonprofit, Island Innovation. We'll link to that. It's islandinnovation.co. We'll link to that in the show notes. James Elsmore. James, it has been a long time. And I've got to ask, because I can't remember since the last time we talked, the listeners will soon find out why I'm asking, but who is your Premier League team? Sorry, I didn't hear the question. I said, who is your Premier League team? Oh, okay. Well, so the, one of the issues is I, I'm from near Manchester. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I don't really care that much. Okay, so awesome. I should pay more attention to football. But um, yeah, my local team is Stoke City, but it's not a big thing for me. And I know like for Americans, they hear I'm from Manchester and the first thing they want to talk about is football. I have nothing intelligent to say on the subject. Well, that's depressing. I have the Manchester United game on versus Arsenal right now. So if I scream, holler, um, <laughs> cut the interview short, they are up one nothing going into the second half. But anyways, so James, it's been, it's, it's been good. Tell everyone 30 seconds what it is you do, and then we're going to talk about negotiating contracts, putting together deals in a second, but let's set the table for what it is you do and um, you know, what, what your, kind of your, 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 uh, your, your group's all about. So uh, just a quick quick. Sorry. So just a quick correction. Island Innovation is actually my company, uh, registered I'm sorry. in the UK, not yeah. a nonprofit. Uh, but my other hat, which is when you originally met me, uh, that I was doing a lot of work for, is a nonprofit registered in California called Solar Head of State. And together, ah, that's right. That's right. They're very complimentary in the work that we're doing. Um, so I'll kind of tell you about both. The, the broad topic is sustainable development in island communities, my background, particularly renewable energy. Um, but what I'm really interested in, and, and that's why I kind of work with both organizations, is how do you build that collaboration between the private sector, the government, the utility, NGOs, uh, universities, because um, I think the energy sector is probably one of the, the it's, it's particularly important, but I think in all businesses, how you navigate those different groups that think quite differently is, uh, is, is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so James, I was curious, I mean, uh, looking through your background and kind of you know, preparing for a little bit for today, um, you know, on Solar Head Estate, it mentions that you, uh, you've lived in Chile, Madagascar, I think, and now it, uh, you're, uh, you're based out of California. Uh, you, you know, obviously you're, you're from uh, overseas in, in the UK. I'm curious, you know, this is an issue that I think, you know, globally, I think everybody is plugged into in one way or another, but there's, you know, there's varying opinions. You know, if you talk to somebody in West Texas versus if you talk to somebody in, you know, the heart of London, I mean, you're, you're, it's going to, you know, the conversation is going to be changing. And so I'm curious, you, you mentioned having to talk to all of these internal and external stakeholders around this conversation, that there are so many varying opinions, so much, you know, and I'm going to put science in quotes, and I don't mean fake science, but there's, you know, there are different sides of the aisle that will quote, you know, this stat or this statute to, to codify their point. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, so, so this podcast in general is about uh, you know, how do deals come together, networking, communication. So I'm really curious, you know, when you're coming at this, um, you know, this industry that, that is, you know, very divisive in a lot of ways, what are some of the things that you're seeing and how have you been able to navigate those conversations to, to get all these stakeholders on the same page and, and moving in one direction? Yeah, totally. So, so on your first point, I mean, I left the UK when I was 18 um, I'm now 26. Um, in the meantime, I've kind of lived in the US for a while, but a lot of time in Latin America and the Caribbean actually just came back from Colombia for the last six months. Um, but particularly with the Caribbean islands, one of the interesting things is, uh, and the reason renewables um, for me are so interesting there, is that the electricity cost is so high. So Jamaica is an example that I know very well. The average Jamaican is paying three or, three or four times more than the average American per unit of electricity. Bear in mind that the actual cost of electricity, sorry, bear in mind that the average income in Jamaica is one tenth of what it is in America. So there's this huge discrepancy. Um, and for the Caribbean islands, uh, they rely on imported diesel, imported uh, oil to fuel their whole economy. And so 
there, I mean, one of the reasons I really like working there is that you can make an absolutely pure economic argument around renewables. Like you look at the statistics and it makes sense because it's an indigenous resource that they can use. Um, there's a lot of talk about gas and other things. We can get into that a bit more. But but the whole region is moving towards renewables. And that's before you start talking about the climate change um, and, and other things. And again, you know, we, we saw last month in the Bahamas or this month in the Bahamas, how vulnerable the region is to um, natural uh, natural hazards and things like hurricanes. Um, and, and the fear is that as climate change kind of continues, that those disasters will only become more frequent and um, more damaging. But there's an argument, not just um, reducing carbon emissions, but in the Caribbean, there's a lot of talk about how renewable energy can actually provide more protection against hurricanes, which might sound a bit counterintuitive at first because you'd think a big wind turbine or solar panels would not do very well against a hurricane. And of course, that's true. Nothing withstands a direct hit from a hurricane. But by decentralizing generation, and that's the big conversation in Puerto Rico now, de the issue there was that all the generation was happening in, in one place and then being transmitted to the whole island. And then when that part of the island got hit, the whole island blacked out. But actually by decentralizing generation, using solar, wind, um, storage, you can make the island more resilient when these kind of extreme weather events happen. So there's a couple of different angles to, to approach this from. And you know, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I'm knowledgeable enough about the US market or even the, the UK market um, to, to get into a detailed conversation. The Caribbean is, and, and the island, islands like Hawaii, Puerto Rico as well, are quite unique in that sense of how, how renewables work. So one of the things I've said, I think, since I've known you is, is that energy conversations should be regionalized, localized. And that's one thing I've always liked about what you guys are doing. You're, you're taking a solution that fits for the area and it, it works really well there. Um, so with that being said though, it, it, as an American, if I'm just sitting here, one of the fears I would have is, is okay, hey, you're gonna go put these um, solar panels um, you're partnering with government. Obviously, in the states, we're always worried about you know government bureaucracy um, being less effective. Um, how do you get your message out there where you say, okay, a this is a great resource that that, that it, it, a viable solution, but also if you're trying to bring in private investment um, from the states or dealing with messaging from maybe outside of the, the Caribbean, um, how do you get that message across that not only is it three, you know, you, you broke up the economics, um, but also it won't go to, um, you know, it's not going to be wasted on government bureaucracy. So how do you communicate that to to stakeholders in the states who are who are excited about what you're doing but they're also worried about maybe um um uh too much waste in a project like this right and i guess i should you know clarify that i am not developing big uh solar farms or anything right. like in the region i would love to be uh, <laughs> but actually today i listened to an amazing podcast uh, the the suncast podcast by nico johnson and he interviewed a lady called angela rainford who's a jamaican national who went to harvard um, worked on Wall Street, worked in London, then came back to Jamaica and developed solar projects and just was able to do an amazing thing with finance that you know is beyond my abilities, at least right now. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm learning all the time and how, how these big deals get put together is still um, a, a huge thing. But I think where, where I come in is, as I mentioned before, that ability maybe on, to navigate that political side. I've got a lot of experience working with with the governments and of course bureaucracy is <laughs> bureaucracy is definitely a thing we got to deal with um but for energy i mean you've got to deal with the government uh, it's it's especially in these smaller islands the government most of the islands we're talking about in the caribbean have a government-owned utility or at least a 
uh, sorry, I shouldn't say most of them. A lot of the islands in the Caribbean have government-owned or, or mixed utilities, uh, but the government is very highly involved in that. Um, so, so there's you need to be able to understand kind of what the government position is as well, and and accept that they're going to be involved. I mean, one of the most recent projects I've been working on um, was we actually got uh, funded by the government of India to do solar installations in Fiji. Um, so it's people at first are like, what? Why is India funding uh, projects in Fiji? And there's a whole geopolitical thing that I won't go into now, and there's reasons for them doing that. But we've been navigating over the last 18 months this funding that is coming from India through the United Nations, through the various programs of the United Nations, and then down into the Pacific Islands, of course. That in itself has been a, a learning experience. I understand with it being public money that there has to be a high level of, of oversight um, over how that money is, is, is distributed. But man, it's taken a lot of work <laughs> to get through that bureaucracy and get to the point where actually in the next couple of weeks, we'll have that money available to, to start deploying that project. One of the things there, um, you talk about messaging, working with governments, you know, finding how they do stuff, is the wheels of bureaucracy um, move slowly. And last week we were talking to a friend of yours, uh, T. Geegan, and he talked about kind of having this marathon mentality when you're putting together the kind of deals he is. Um, I guess when you're dealing with the government, is it more of an ultra marathon mentality? <laughs> or, or have you found that sometimes a smaller government, like an island government, is a little bit more nimble than maybe something like the U.S. government is? Yes and no. I mean, in the US, you can't just pick up the phone and talk to the energy minister or someone high up in the in the ministry to get things done, you know, whereas in often in, in, in the smaller countries, you have direct access to those high level people. And uh, a lot of it, I mean, like anything, a lot of it is just on personal relationships, how well you know people, whether they want you to succeed, whether they are willing to to, to, to be kind of supportive of what you're doing. Um, so a lot of it comes down to those personal relationships. I think the marathon is, is a fair fair analogy. Um, but the projects, I mean, this is on the solar head of state side. So th these are all NGO projects. It's through a nonprofit. So it's slightly different in that we're not, we're not going into this with the business mentality of, of, of building a huge project. We're working with the government as a nonprofit. Um, in terms of my own private business, I'm kind of working in more of a of a consultancy element with various different companies, um, including Teagues that you just mentioned, um, and and helping them kind of figure out how to how to navigate this sea of, of all these different partners. Because for me, I've had a bit of experience working in all these different elements that I mentioned before, and people think differently. I mean, the, the type of person that works in government thinks very different, generalizing, than people who are kind of entrepreneurs and people in NGOs. And then you have academics at universities that, you know, sometimes are on a whole different planet. <laughs> Joke. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to offend someone listening to the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing, of course, but they're, they're very, very different in how they think about things. But with energy, all these groups want to do the same thing and they want to head in the same direction but yet they're talking different language. And so I try and position myself sometimes as a, as a translator to be able to sit between an engineer and a politician and, and, and make them understand each other and be able to get on, on the same page, which, of course, is easier, easier said than done. That, that's how I see myself. So, uh, James, if you can uh, just kind of give us a 30,000-foot uh, view and maybe a 30-second you know, elevator speech on 
so in um, you know in preparation for today, I read you know a little bit about the mission and the vision of, of Solar Headed State, and I was really intrigued by you know the, the concept of wanting to do you know so much net benefit, but at the same time being very cognizant of of who you're working with, who you're interfacing with, uh, and, and I, I really like that. So can you give us just kind of a peek behind the curtain on on a little bit of the uh, you know the ethics behind uh, behind the company or behind the nonprofit and kind of how you guys address you know what doors you're trying to get into and things of that nature? Yeah, so our approach is to kind of. Try, try, try and build this leadership idea around renewables and kind of at the high level. I mean, we want to do other projects in the future on schools and hospitals and things like that, but there's already plenty of NGOs doing that. And so the idea is that whether it's the kind of White House equivalent, the parliament building, the energy ministry, these high-level government buildings, um, by working with governments to push them towards putting solar on them, it's an important step, kind of a metaphorical step. And, and we also found that... that um, these smaller installations on government buildings get way more attention than the huge solar farm down the road in terms of the way that the media approaches it and, and the attention. So it's kind of a way, it's a publicity tool in that sense around, around renewables. Um, but also for me, the countries that we're working in, as I mentioned before, all of those islands have extremely high electricity costs. So there's an economic incentive for them to go towards renewables because it's actually far cheaper than the current um, generation methods. But there's also this leadership element in that, sure, these, you know, the, the whole of the Caribbean emits a tiny, tiny amount of, of the world's carbon emissions. Um, but they also kind of, when they are going to these big United Nations events and, and things, and they're arguing about why other countries should cut carbon emissions, they have this idea of leadership by example. Sure, they know the emissions are, uh, emissions are negligible, but how can you tell other countries to do something that you're not doing yourself? Um, so there's a couple of different different angles there. And so we've focused now on these small island developing states, partly because they're fascinating, fascinating places to work in. Um, in general, we're talking about middle income countries. So um, different to the kind of your standard um, NGO projects in, in, in very poor countries like Haiti or parts of sub-Saharan Africa. Um, but there is, there's, a, there's a kind of political messaging there that, that makes sense. Um, uh, as well okay so i know we're getting ready to put it up against the clock here so why don't you give people i know you have a lot of stuff going on as i mentioned you were forbes 30 under 30 i don't know i guess you are still a forbes 30 under 30 but that was a few years ago i don't know how that works if you get one if they like a if it's like uh, alumni you go back every year how does that work i'm still on the website it was in 2017 so i'm 2017. still uh, i'm there still Still there, but there's obviously a new list every year. And, uh, you know, people always say, oh, wow, you have picked one of 30, but there are like 20 different lists. So energy is just one of the lists. I was Dad, don't, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. That's what we say on this podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate also, it. I have a slight bone to pick with you. We talked about going to Fiji together at one point, but that never happened. So it sounds like you're going to Fiji and I'm not. So we need to talk oh. offline about that. I'll be back there next year. So you're, uh, you're welcome to attend. Uh, okay. Okay. But the one thing, so this will be going out um, right in the middle of an event that I'm organizing called the Virtual Island Summit. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to kind of plug that quickly. Yes, please do. Um, please. The idea of this is that it's an online conference um, bringing together um, different island communities from around the world. So I'm obviously from the UK. And when I moved back to the UK, one of the really interesting things I found is that you know, we have over 100 small inhabited islands around, around the British Isles. Um, and a lot of those communities 
are suffering from the same issues or and are presented with the same issues as I just mentioned in the Caribbean, one of them being very high electricity costs, but also things like waste management, um, high levels of emigration, just a lack of economic opportunities. So, how, so, so it's interesting to see these very different places. And in the US, you have places as diverse as Hawaii, Alaska, the islands off Maine, that are all looking at similar issues and approaching them from different angles. And so this is an online conference to really connect these really disparate, isolated places and try and look at how they are solving problems around sustainability. So, you know, we have one panel that's about electric vehicles. What happens when you have someone from California, but then someone from Fiji, someone from the Scottish Islands and someone from Iceland all talking about how these different areas are approaching electric vehicles and, and comparing. Because these areas are so far flung, often those conversations don't happen. So um, yeah, Virtual Island Summit, if you go to www.islandinnovation.co slash summit, I uh, would encourage people with an interest in energy um, to apply because we've got several different panels out on energy. You know, one of the things your friend Teague told us last week um, offline was, is, and he wants to talk about next time, was this idea of, at, you know, if you don't ask for something, you don't get it. So I'm going to go ahead and ask for any ambassador, um, you know, any um, front man for Fiji. I'm going to go ahead and ask for that position right now. I thought Teague had great advice there. He said, you know, you get what you, you can't get if you don't ask for it. So anything that you guys need for Fiji, I am willing to volunteer myself on this podcast officially right now. If Fiji's not available, probably would take any Caribbean island as well. Just just want to throw that out there. That's the kind of man I am. I'm going to volunteer for a nice, you know, two, three million dollar year salary to go and do all that stuff for you guys. So I just wanted to make sure we're I didn't want to leave that on the table before we got you out of here today. Yeah, well I'll I'll, I'll keep you in mind, you know, I appreciate your <laughs> I appreciate your selflessness. <laughs> that was that was so well said. James, you you're you've clearly done this before. That was well played. Well done. If you actually want some actual value, though, you can call me and we can talk about it offline. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I'm not even coming on that. Okay, James, thank you so much for, for coming on. It's, I know you're super busy, and uh, we'll link to all your stuff in the show notes and hopefully catch up with you again maybe next year, kind of hear about what you guys got going on with um, all the various things and all the various islands that you're dealing with. Fantastic. It was fun chatting with you both. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks, Appreciate man. It. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Cool. We'll be in touch, man. I'll, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we can make that work one day. Fiji or Jamaica, you'll pick. But, uh. <laughs> Both, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And I'll shoot you a note offline. I hadn't, I hadn't checked in with you lately, so I'll shoot you a note offline. We'll catch up. Okay. Awesome. Have a Thanks, good night, buddy. Bye. Bye. Okay. It was great getting on James today. Ben, any takeaways? Um, first off, I do have a takeaway, but uh, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to tell you my takeaway. I think the thing that intrigues me about uh, James and what I've, I've valued about him is when you think about energy, and we kind of loosely touched on it there. Energy is a very can be a very divisive topic, um, but there's an actual need that Jamaicans. This I think was the island he used are paying, you know, three x and they make what what was it a third of what we make or something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers. Tenth. The tenth. Okay. And so you look at that and you start saying, you know what, how do you solve this problem? And a problem like that, it sounds pretty easy. Okay. Well, you give them cheaper energy. Well, how do you give them cheaper energy? Well, you give them, let's say solar panels or wind, or wind farms or whatever. But then there's problems with the grid and problems with the government and problems with this, you know, all these things. It's a very hard problem, but you talk about putting together a deal and he's a pretty humble guy. So he's not really getting into all the things he's doing, but you think about the, the, you know, we talk about putting together a deal. We're bringing two or three partners to the table. Um, to do what they're talking about is a very complex issue and um, a lot of partners and a, probably a lot of different hats are having to work to get the messaging right.
Yeah, I think you have to be comfortable with a longer sales cycle. I think you have to be comfortable with the pace. I mean, these kind of deals, you know, obviously I'm by no means an expert at all, but just at a high level, I mean, these deals do not seem like they come together quickly. You know, you have to take it step by step and there, you know, there's a very, there's a game plan. So, you know, step A and, and, and really have, I, I got the sense from what Jane was saying is that they really kind of have to happen literally, you know, it has to organically work through the process. You can't just jump to, okay, let's, build a solar farm. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. And, and I think to, uh, you know, to a degree that that's space that's, uh, um, you know, a little bit unique because not only do you have the long sales cycle, you're also, I think at each step fighting a, aggressive pushback and it's because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not necessarily a space that people are, you know, Oh, immediately this makes sense financially. Let's do that. You know, right. There are a lot of steps to, to get to the place where you're even trying to put the deal together. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. I think you, you know, something there that's really important is that if you came out and said that, you know, that they're paying three times the energy and they're making a 10th, well, a lot of people will see that and probably have a lot of solutions or, you know, or, uh, or ideas uh, potentially for how to do that. So not only do you, do you have to come up with a viable solution? You're probably having to combat other ideas that might seem viable as well, and then prove why yours is the best one before you can get to the marketplace. Because a deal like this, you're striking a deal with the government, um, so the marketplace isn't working itself out naturally. You're having to probably prove conceptually um, through you know, wh- you know white papers, pitch decks, models, whatever, why your idea is the same, and then let it go out. And even talk about that going out to the marketplace, um, and then letting it prove itself out. So it's 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 not even something where you can say, hey, we'll go head to head against this in this other energy source um it's something that you had to actually convey a clear message know the right people um and, and get all that done probably a very long arduous process something that i'm not familiar with either like you or i don't really deal in those kind of long linear things it's interesting to think about all of the things that we've kind of talked about on the show about you know making connections networking meeting the right people presenting yourself making sure your message i'm sure he's probably doing it on a scale that 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 we're probably not doing on just because of the nature of how the deal is from his standpoint yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it kind of ties back into something that Teague said last week on the podcast that, you know, this is, it's a, it's a new space, uh, you know, and he even said, you know, I'm not the industry expert, but, you know, mm-hmm. this is not my wheelhouse, but, you know, here are the reasons that I think I can provide value. And so I think you know, that mentality is really important because, you know, in a new space like this, one of the things that I find so fascinating, and I think I mentioned it to James, is that I don't, you know, I would argue that there is no collective, you know, across the board truth of this works or that works, right. et cetera. And so, you know, if you're talking to a Teague or a James, they're going to be coming at maybe the same issue, but from very different angles. And, and really at the end of the day, in terms of who's going to get the funding or what, you know, what project is going to get greenlit, it may come down to how it's presented, how it's pitched, all, all, all of those things. And so I think a lot of the kind of the behind the scenes things are really important as opposed to, because it's not just, you know, does the technology work and is it affordable? I think there's so many other boxes to check there that, uh, you know, it's a really, it's a really interesting space. Okay. All right, Ben. Um, I'm not sure if we will actually be recording next week because we recorded two on today. I'm looking ahead. It doesn't look like we have a guest, but we probably will record because we have some travel coming up um, that will be announced later on. Ben, people can find you on LinkedIn with your, what are you up to now? How many connections? We haven't talked about this in a while. Have you crossed the 100 threshold yet? You're going to look? Okay, let me look. This is great podcasting right here. Ben, 31. 31. And I wow. think last time we talked about it, I was at 16. That's almost, that's almost 100%. I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, we need one more. Right. So please go find Ben. Add him on please. LinkedIn so he can double his total. 
um, from the last time he mentioned it. It's um, we don't we don't actually want to talk real numbers, do we? No, not really. Not 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 real. We don't want to actually talk about facts. Not do we? not, like, not, that, not facts. Not. Facts, good okay, story. Yeah. Don't let him get in the way, please, please. I, I didn't I didn't think so. I was I was going to look at the real number. But no, we, we don't, don't do that. No one it's cares like about your real numbers. It's uh, it's depressing. So, anyways, Ben, it was good to have you on. Uh, episode thirteen was uh, was a good one, and uh, look for me more. Bringing the closures podcast. Connect with Ben and myself on LinkedIn. Love to hear feedback. 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 That's a great podcasting right there. Feedback feedback comments questions concerns what kind of guests would you like to have on we um, have some more we are working on and we will talk to you next week hi i'm pete i'm an it manager today i want to talk about pete heads up we've been hacked what happened my password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. At Simple Mobile, you get the no contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. They lure you in with shiny new phones and then lock you into long-term agreements. But Simple Mobile is different. You can get a 30-day plan starting at $25. You can also get the latest smartphones, or if you have a compatible phone you love, you can bring it. Just text BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. It's the reliability you need when you need it. All on a powerful nationwide 5G network. With no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. All for less money and no contract ever. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability and coverage and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speed not yet available. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy. Service plan required for activation. Terms at simplemobile.com.